Yes, Lord. Indeed, it goes on with or without you. Lord, so we thank you that you are with us, and we thank you that you would give us divine protection, guidance, wisdom, give us eyes to see today, ears to hear, and a heart to humble ourselves to receive the revelation of Jesus Christ, Lord God. That is your Holy Spirit who works in us to transform us, that we would be renewed um, by the working of your Spirit and your Word in us, Lord God. I thank you, Lord, for the promises that no weapon formed against us will prosper. For every promise in your word that you will be with us, never leave us or forsake us. You're our foundation. You're our inheritance. You're our reward. You're with us. You are our life. So thank you, Jesus, that you can be all of those things to each of us in the place where we're finding ourselves today. Father, give us wisdom. You said if any man lacks wisdom, the mask of God. So we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Well, we're continuing to look at some of the signs of the times in which we're living. Yeah. yeah. And they're they're everywhere. I mean, you know, it's interesting that, you know, if you drive along a street or a freeway, mm-hmm. there's there's all kinds of signs. Yeah. You know, there's the digital signs, there's highway signs, there's you know, all advertising. kinds of advertising yeah. things mm-hmm. that 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 send a message about something. They give information. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. all of those signs are originated in something, whether it's a, the Department of Safety, Transportation, or some business that wants to get their cupcakes advertised or something. Right. But you know what? It's like um, signs tell us, warn us, bring us to uh, think about something, recognize the road we're on, where we're going to end up on that road. The sign tells you something about where it came from, but it doesn't tell you where you're going to go. Exactly. And the, the, si- the sign in itself in a sense, it's it's a big deal, but it's no big deal. But the yeah, sign is, not... you mentioned about the cupcakes, mm-hmm. you know, it, the, the idea is they want you to come by the cupcakes or they want yeah. you to know that this road for the next 10 miles is under construction and you have to have a detour. Right. So so it's it's pointing to Something. A, a, a reality. Mm-hmm. And, and so, so it is with Mark. God. Yeah, so it is with God. He talks about... Um, signs that are that are that are actually clear. A lot of people don't see these as right. Did uh, you know that signs. the stars and the sun and the moon, the, the celestial bodies, oh. are also given as not only as lights but also as signs? And we've had several of those signs too. As far as wrapping yeah. into Mark, yeah. we have the signs of the the blood moons and the and the eclipses and all these things are are set up in the heavens from, for those who understand it yeah. and to be signs of his coming, yeah. his return, uh, the end of the age, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And if you, know, if you don't know anything, if the term blood moons sounds a little unfamiliar to you, you can just look it up, go online, check up uh, blood moons yeah. and so forth. But the, but, yeah, and the interesting thing about those signs is that they fall on very, uh, not accidental, very deliberate uh, feast days in the Jewish calendar like Passover and yeah. Sukkot and stuff. And so we know that this is not a coincidence. I think people can write off crises as just 
something an everyday that, event. Right, something that's always been. Yeah, you know, but I, I say one of the things that came to me studying Mark here, studying Mark is, are we up for a good crisis? I think everybody's up for a good crisis. The ambulance flying by, the, the fire engine blazing through town, and people want to chase it and follow it and see what's going on. And, and you know, it seems like everybody's up for a, bi- a big crisis of noise or accidents or tragedies or earthquakes. It seems like we're all, our, our lives are kind of boring, and we're looking for something that is going to change it. Yeah, and and also, you know, movies. You know, we want to see a crisis. We want to see well, we an want, action yeah, thriller yeah. from the oh, comfort yeah. of our lounge chair yeah. while we're eating popcorn. Yeah, that's right. So yeah. we don't want to be too involved in the crisis. But nonetheless, right. Mark's yeah. crisis here that he's telling us about There's is scheduled. It's scheduled. Every part of it's scheduled. Every detail. I just finished booking, reading the book of the Revelations. Everything is so detailed and scheduled. Every angel's got their assignment over the mountain, over the springs of water, over the whatever and everything is going to be orchestrated according to heaven's, um, uh, you know, flowchart, whatever that is. And here Mark is just giving us a little, little tiny heads up on what to look for, although he doesn't necessarily say he's going to be seeing this himself right. in, in his generation. Right. In the parallel passages here, you can look at Matthew 24, Luke 21, that will give a lot of the same details, but some will give maybe just a little more. Okay. But here's the setting is that Jesus... Uh, Mark thirteen three is he sat on the Mount of Olives, opposite the temple. So he's kind of overlooking this big temple, Herod's temple. Uh, and Peter, James, and John and Andrew asked him. You now they were, you know, pretty much on the in inner group, circle. Inner circle asked him privately, "Tell us when will these things be, and what will be the sign of these? When all these things will be fulfilled?" And Jesus answering began to say, "Take heed that no one deceives you." And we've we've spoken about that quite a bit in the past, and we'll touch on it a little more today. Take heed that no one's deceived. The the the, the sign of a deception, of of being tricked. Watch out so you aren't tricked. Mm-hmm. Okay, for many will come in my name. You know, the claim to be Christians, claim to be messiahs, the came savior. to have the answers, came to be a savior. Whether it's through education or politics or religion. Saying, "I am He. I, I'm the one. I, I'm this I'm is the, the way. This here, is the here's answer. The way. This is the way. This is the answer." You know, we've got presidential candidates now that uh, you know that are just saying, "You know, here's what we want to do. Here's what we need. You vote for me." That sort of thing, um, and we'll deceive what many. many. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you hear of wars, we'll just kind of go through some of this quickly and then re- review. Uh, but when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be troubled. You know, uh, for such things must happen, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be earthquakes in various places. That's documented now with the seismographs and all this stuff. Um, and there will be famines and troubles. And these are the beginning of sorrow. This is just when things are really getting started. So we've got some of this stuff that's always been some of it that's going to be intensifying. Much mm-hmm. of it's going mm-hmm. to be intensifying yeah. in the last days. Watch out for yourselves, for they will deliver you up to councils. Now, this is talking to believers, right? Mm-hmm. To yeah. Andrew, uh, Peter, James, and John. And you will be beaten in the synagogues in the place of worship. Where you, of worship. Mm-hmm. They're going to get you. They're going to attack you. They're not going to be permitted to worship in the place of worship anymore. Right. You will be brought before rulers and kings for my sake for a testimony to them. And so we see this around the world today where 
uh, Christians are, are being attacked. Bible-believing people are being ch- attacked. Persecuted. Beheaded. Locked persecuted. Up. Sh- uh, shot. Yeah. Uh, buried alive. Uh, scattered as refugees. We don't hear the, the corrupted uh, international news media doesn't say much about that because they don't want us to know mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's going on. Yeah. Africa, because, India, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Europe, many different places. And it's coming to the United States too. So watch out. I would say watch out for intense Intensifying well, it is intensifying with the b- verbal abuse, with the racism calls, like the name calling, with like taking, first of all, the commandments out of the school, the Bible out of the school. Now, you know, mocking it as something f- foolish and unuseful. Um, all of the the media, all of the propaganda, all the programming that we so willfully and willingly lap up and submit ourselves to. Um, whether it's you know TV programming or TV shows or music or movies or uh, whatever it is or food even even it, we we eat it up so it tastes good it does it's it feels you know we were just being so carnally driven uh, and baited actually by our carnal appetites to Satan knows what tastes good he knows how to make it look good feel good you know you know uh, eye candy whatever it is he he knows how to bait uh, the hook and if we're not satisfied we're like the hungry little fish. We're not satisfied with the, the, the revelation of Jesus Christ, then we will be easily um, caught off guard and tricked. And I think that's what he's talking about when we go back to the be not deceived. Uh, the first sign of the end days and, and the apostles, uh, Jesus, Peter, Paul, Paul talked about, he says, when I leave, after I leave, you know, v- ravenous wolves are going to come in from even among you, from among you who yeah. are going to yeah. um, fake you out. He says, um, um, that's not the right verse I'm looking I for. Think it's yeah. Acts chapter twenty, I think. Twenty, okay. When he's saying, I was okay. he's yeah, his farewell says, to the elders know this, of the church at Ephesus. That, that yeah. after my departure, savage wolves will come in. Well, they were already coming in as he was addressing them in Galatians and um, and you know Colossians and things, coming in among you, not sparing the flock. And also from among yourselves, men will rise up speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples for themselves. Therefore, re- watch and remember that for three years I did not cease to warn everyone night and day with tears. And now, brethren, I command you, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. In other words, he's giving them over to God for keeping, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among those who are sanctified. There is a cost to following Jesus. The cost is your life, your comforts, your your will, your <clears throat> agenda, your ambitions, your goal, your vision for your life. It's, a, it's what you give up. It's the thing that we can surrender, give up as an offering uh, and, and receive in return the revelation of Jesus Christ, the will of God, the life of God, the power of God in our lives. But, but this is not always that appealing um, to be in God's kingdom Knowing God, uh, the revelation of Jesus <clears throat> does not is not a, a real priority for most everyday people on their way to work here and there. They just want to get through the day. They just want to be heard. They just want to make a difference somehow. They want to feel good about themselves, but at the same time, I'm not trying to make a categorical judgment, but most people are just basic, passive in their lives. They're active but passive. They don't really grip on, hold on, take hold of, who they are and why they're here. Yeah, it, because life itself is so overwhelming to them. You know, to all of us, working, to paying all of the us. bills, 
relation problems, health issues. Uh, having so we become enough, tangled up in all of that. Money and and so this is this is you know the way of the world. And also, you think of it, the the world. This world. When we're talking about the world, there's the created order that God made. Yeah. And that was He said it was good, right? In Genesis. Yeah. Uh, but then this there's this world system that's ordered and arranged through the power of Satan in this present evil world. Yeah. Uh, a book came out many years ago called This Present Darkness, and that's mm-hmm. what's going mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. And so the world, Jesus said, you know. Is an enemy with God. Wh- as an enemy of God. God he said, marvel not if the world hates you, because they hated me, they'll hate you. Mm-hmm. And he said, friendship right. of the world is enmity with God. In or war words, against God. Right. Hatred and so against God. The, this present world has always been, and don't think of it as anything new, it's always been in opposition to God, to God, to and Christ, people, the kingdom of God. His agenda. And, mm-hmm. and the thing is, woe unto us, if the world, if everybody likes it, Jesus says, woe unto you if all men speak well of you. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, this you say this person, they didn't have any enemies. Well, did they have a godly testimony? If they had a godly testimony, I'd be sure they'd have enemies. A they'd few have, at least. They'd have yeah. a few enemies, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, working it through this um, mark in uh, talking about be not deceived, you know, um, and I think Matthew ex- elaborates on this is, they say Christ will be here or there or wherever. He says, don't go chasing after. Don't go try to find Jesus somewhere. He is everywhere present, and he is within us if you're saved. This Holy Spirit dwells within you, and the Holy Spirit has complete access to the to, to Jesus Christ and his revelation at any point in time when you need it. I think most people don't access the Holy Spirit enough inside of themselves, so they feel kind of lonesome and lonely. And you don't need to be alone or lonely. If you're a Christian, you are not alone. Christ, God, his Spirit is dwelling within you as a counselor as a friend as a uh, a truth bearer as the one who can lead you into wisdom and triumph so so another thing verse 10 mark 13 this and the gospel must be first preached to all the nations so in the midst of this opposition the gospel the gospel of christ no there's there's perversions of the gospel being preached right. to all nations right now Absolutely. but there is the true gospel being preached to the nations regardless of the opposition regardless of the cost you know uh, unfortunately in america you know 95% plus of our, our our investment is on this country not on other nations well, so so we've tend to be um, self indulgent self indulgent <laughs> in our in, in our religious system yeah. where we put money into well uh, a lot of things that are we are of that no, could we, be very well used to to spread the gospel internationally. We're no worse, really, though, than the than those who have been and those you know in other parts of the world. We're all kind of deceived by that sort of thing. Galatians is very interesting, where Paul is beginning to see this trend to creating, producing, promoting a gospel. And you said the gospel will be preached to all nations. But the question is what gospel and what percentage of the gospel that's being preached is actually oh. usable and actually choose from the yes. word of God. Yes. And, and so Paul had this problem too, like, uh, you know, just concern and, and probably consternation over the preaching of the gospel. And uh, some of it was done by people who were, you know, proselytizing for their own um, benefit, um, but anyway, in Galatians 1, he says, there, uh, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another. But there are some who trouble you and want to pervert 
the gospel of Christ, even, but he says, but even if we, even if I, or an angel from heaven comes to preach to you any other gospel than the one that we've already preached to you, let him be accursed. Let that man not find blessing or favor for we said before. So we'll say it again. I, if anyone comes, he says, okay, did you hear me? I'm saying it again. Um, if anyone comes preaching any other gospel to you than what you have received or what you have already received from us, let him be accursed. So he says now, so he's knowing and seeing that this whole process and, and as this connects with deception of the end times, and it also connects with the book of Revelations, the very first few chapters are given over to the de- deceived churches or how they were deceived in the end times. Uh, but going on to, to Galatians chapter three, he continues his letter he says, um, oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? I like that word. I think that's a really good word. Mm-hmm. Bedazzled, bewitched, befuddled. Um, these people to spread it before their minds something other than the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Who has bewitched you, tricked you, uh, seduced you, sedated you? By the way, sedation comes from Pharmakia, pharmakia comes from the Greek word for witchcraft. So sedation and seduction mm-hmm. are basically two of the um, outreaches of witchcraft. So witchcraft, the spirit thereof, is trying to make us uh, delusion, delusion, illusion, hallucinations, delusions about what is the truth. That you should, he says, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? Who's, before whose eyes Christ Jesus, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified. He said, you guys even saw the crucifixion. Some of you are still remember that you were there. How can you be deceived? Obviously, this is pretty scary, pretty powerful deception that even the, the witnesses to the crucifixion and some even to the resurrection are being pulled into back, probably for them, back into Judaism, back into the law keeping, uh, back into the rituals of the uh, Old Testament. Um, he says, but only I want to know this from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? So the real battle here on this particular uh, deception is between law and grace. Is our, He says, uh, I, I want to know this. He says, this, are you um, saved by the hearing of faith? Or did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by the hearing of faith? This Holy Spirit, did you get that because you were so good and so obedient to the law? Or did you get it because you believed the word preached to you? Are you so foolish having begun in the spirit? Are you now going to go back to being made perfect by the flesh? Why do we go back to the inferior working of the soul when God has now given us the spirit to understand his spirit bearing witness with our spirit? Why do you want to go back to your reasoning and religion and rationalizing uh, and responsibility when God has given you these things to know that we can know what we know through the spirit? as opposed to, again, trying to figure it out through the mind and the will and the soul and the, and the heart. So he says, you're suffering many things, but is it, is it, you know, where do the workings of the miracles come through, come from uh, by the law or by the hearing of faith? And then if we go into revelations, we have the serious, um, uh, letters written by John. This is the, the, the beginning part of the final revelation and what the what god is doing is reviewing the record and the behavior of his churches uh, message to the ephesians nevertheless i have this against you that you've left your first love you know he says i know your works your labor your patience that you cannot bear those who are evil that you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not and have found them liars you're discerning you're diligent um you've pressed in you've carried on you have 
persevered and have had patience and believing, you know, God's going to come through. You've labored in my, for my name's sake and not become weary. But I, I have something against you. You're doing this out, not out of love and passion, but you're doing this out of duty. You're doing this, um, you've left your first love. You're doing this out of a, a works responsibility, uh, guilt, fear mandate, rather than doing it out of devotion. You're doing it out of duty. And so this is a serious, I mean, I think this is where we most all fit into. How the faithful Christians, the ones following Jesus, you know, doing it, doing the right thing. Um, yeah, so what, what happened What happened there in, in talking about Galatians, in Galatia? Ephesians, this, yeah. This yeah. was this, this province, this whole area where these churches were established. There were the Jewish people that did not believe that came and just stirred up everything. Mm-hmm. They just said, no, you, you know, you, you got to follow the law of Moses. You got to do this. You got to be circumcised. You got to do all this. You got to, you have to become a Jew Works. in order to become a Christian. Right. And sometimes people say, well, you have to become this dominate denomination before. I think you we're can, still hung up on that. We're in, still in, hung up on that. In, in Ephesians, the ch- the, that church too, as he wrote the letter to them as well, mm-hmm. that they're still hung up on working. And mm-hmm. I think this can, you know, that's why we get things like burnout. You know, we're burnt out serving God. There should be no burnout. There is no burnout if you're really serving God out of the spirit of God, out of the strength of God, not out of your own determination. If you if you have you have the fire of God and and you feed that fire, well, you, won't you know burn what? Out. Sometimes the <laughs> you won't burn up. Well, sometimes we have these words we use like "oh, fired up for Jesus" and blah blah blah, and the fire. You know what? Sometimes following God is just plain old crawling on your belly, waiting before the Lord, feeling nothing, and keeping going, or waiting, sitting and waiting, yeah. or keeping going. It is your determination that you're not going to do it on your own. You're not going to run out and try to make things happen, even though we're very tempted to do that. And yet, on the other side, the counter the counterfeits are so real, so looking so real that people who are just resting look like they're also, you know, striving and trying and everything else. But it's the, it's the, the spirit behind it. Why are you doing this? Are you doing this because you love God? And you know what? If you love your children, you're going to work pretty hard. You're going to get up in the middle of the night. You're going to maybe, you know, do things you don't want to do. You're going to wipe up puke. You're going to, you know, take them to run here and there and take them to the doctor. You're going to do a lot of stuff for your children because you do love them. So you are going to be working or busy or active. You're not going to be passive. But at the same time, you're doing it because you love them. Yeah, and I think, yours, and, and so we don't them. criticize people who are working for God or those who are not working for God. It is not what it looks like. Those who it's, it's about your spirit, your attitude, attitude you know, because some mm-hmm. people work for God when they sit around all day and pray. And some people work for God when they hop on a plane and go over somewhere and preach the gospel or, or, you know, write a book or, you know, hand out a tract or pray or give someone a smile. It's whatever the Spirit is prompting you to do it, do it as unto Him and not as unto a, uh, you know, because you have to sort of thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So then we go to the next church, which is Smyrna, uh, and they were, um, these are these say the first, let's see, these things say to the first and the last who is was dead and is alive, I know your works, your tribulation, your poverty, but you are rich, and I know the blasphemy of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are of the synagogue, synagogue of Satan. Do not fear those things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is 
uh, about to throw some of you into prison and that you that you may be tested and that you will have tribulation for 10 days. Be faithful unto death and I will give you the crown of life. So he's saying here that some of them, they, they have figured it out. They have f- fared it out, understood that there's a, a counterfeit synagogue, a synagogue of Satan. There's a counterfeit everything. There's a counterfeit church. There's a counterfeit pope. There's a, there's a, there's a counterfeit everything, people, everything. Satan has not left one piece of God's story without a false narrative, not one thing. There's counterfeit imitation strawberries. Everything has a counterfeit counterplay, uh, counterpart. And so he's saying here, um, uh, they are of the synagogue of Satan. You figured it out. Don't be afraid of those things. You're going to suffer. You're going to die. You're going to die. You're going to be martyrs. Be faithful unto death, and I'll give you the crown of life. You could say, well, these people, if they'd had more faith, they would have never died martyrs. That's not true. Your faith is not determined. The strength of your faith, the quality of your faith is not determined by the outcome. Because some of the people in uh, Hebrews chapter 11 were thrown into the lion's den and um, were rescued, and some were eaten by the lions in the arena. So what does God give us a face to do? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so... Jesus said, when they arrest you, in Mark thirteen eleven, when they arrest you, and when, not if. When, yeah. When they arrest you. Are we waiting for that day? deliver you up. I know that there's some parts of the world that they do not allow a, a, a guy to be a pastor or an elder unless he's done time in prison for his faith. Yeah. Because otherwise they figure he doesn't have enough. Well, the and there's other places in the world where they don't let him be a pastor or a leader unless they went to uh, the, the, the... The right seminary. Yeah. For Something X like, number of years. Yeah. He says, don't worry. When they arrest you and deliver you up, don't worry beforehand mm-hmm. or premeditate what you will speak. But whatever is given you in that hour, speak that. The Holy Spirit, For it is not you who speak, but the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is going to give you what to say. This whole life in Christ is, is following the leading mm-hmm. of the Holy Spirit. And following the, what the Word of God is saying, the the leading of the Holy Spirit, it's kind of a trite thing to be, oh, I'm being led by the Spirit. You know, really, are you being led by your emotions, your thoughts, your reasoning, or are you being led by the Spirit? And if you're led by the Spirit, you'll be led at by peace. the Word. You'll be at peace. You'll be Even led though it by might be word. crazy all around you. You'll be moving according to the Word of God not only the written scriptures, but the word that God is speaking to you that will be confirmed Through, by the scriptures. Right. A lot of times when people are being delivered up, the, the first thing that attacks you is terror, fear, anxiety, confusion mm-hmm. of mind. And and those who are walking in the spirit, God wants us to know that he will guide us by his peace. And peace is the opposite of anxiety. So when you're in peace, you know something. What do you know when you're in peace? You know that God is there. God is for you. God's got this thing. God is good. And you're okay. And that's where peace lands. Peace lands in being okay and knowing that God, no matter what happens, God has got this and he's going to take care of you because he loves you and he's faithful. So therefore, peace is based on the relationship with God, knowing that we are loved and we will not be abandoned. Anxiety is based on fear and wondering if God is going to you know, come through or we're going to be swallowed up by the grip of the terrible one. Another sign Jesus spoke of in Mark thirteen twelve is that now brother will betray brother to death. Betray brother to death. And, and this is this is. And well, you can say how we can saw this, this ever in, be in, under communism in some countries uh, of of the world. Um, and to this very day, those people uh, are traumatized by that betrayal. They're still they still don't trust, trust people anybody. because brother betrayed brother, yeah. sister betrayed for sister money to the or for advantage. Yeah, in, in the churches, 
And so that's what's going on. And then his father is child, and the children rise up against parents and cause them to be put to death. Now, all you have to do is get on the Internet and watch some news and just check some news. There are the most brutal things, parents attacking children, children attacking parents, killing parents. It's just it's a spirit. There's a spirit of of murder and violence. But you know what? I've got to say something. A lot of children and parents rise up and, and kill each other. Um, because of rejection, because of bitterness, because of hatred, because of, of, you know, just in normal life, they're actually, and I believe a lot of parents die of broken hearts. A lot of children die of broken hearts. I mean, they have little literal heart attacks and die because this cruelty, this, this spirit of hatred and contempt and maliciousness and, and witchcraft has turned and distorted and contorted our relationships to such a degree that most of us don't even want to enter into them. But I have actually seen parents die, have strokes, have heart attacks, die of broken hearts because of what their children have yes. done to them. Yes, yes. And, so it's not, and, and vice versa. And not just necessarily you know, murdering a, a, a physical act of murder. Right, correct. All, all that's all what that, I'm saying, that's, yeah. Oh, that's going on. Yeah. But, yeah, at the same time where it's 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 just... It's very cruel, very cruel. Unloving is actually what it is. And, and, you know, here's the problem. Can we stop here for a second and think about this unloving bitterness, uh, this cruel isolation, this judgmentalism. I'm I'm right and you're wrong and I'm not going to talk to you until you apologize, until you admit you're wrong. And so your perception of what it is and should be controls your life to the point where you reject, cut off, and refuse to give that other person the only thing you technically owe them, which is to love one another, mm-hmm. to love the Lord your God, your neighbor as yourself. And so this kind of, we become the judges, we become unforgiving. And with this comes the curse, the judgment upon yourself. Judge not, lest you be judged. So if you're going to hold on to that self-righteous, I'm right and I'm going to stay mad at you until you repent, uh, you are going to become destroyed yourself through victimization. You're going to see yourself as a victim or as a, um, a self-righteous, blind, spiritually blind, hardened in your heart. And so this is a deadly position to hold. When someone offends you, Jesus says, blessed is he was not offended because of me. When someone you know, dis- is, disregards you or, or doesn't consider, consider you in their, in their decision or they... Um, uh, you know, they do something that somehow you find to be uh, personally offensive. The Bible says, don't be offended because Jesus was not offended. That's the big, hardcore, wonderful truth about Jesus Christ, which kept him on track all the time doing his father's will because he never took anything personal. Even though it was meant personal, it was a spit in his face, plucked out his beard, you know, tried to corner him in his words, uh, you know, and, and seriously, talk about it. Think about it. Every time he went out into public towards the end there, he was being set up, hounded, chased, you know, to set him up to find something to bring to Caiaphas, to bring to bring him to court, to bring him to, to, to Pilate, to bring him to death. And that's one thing that we have to deal with, with being falsely accused. Oftentimes believers are falsely accused. Absolutely. And that, and, That's and one so, of the so Satan, cores of witchcraft. Yeah. Right. Satan is the accuser of the brethren. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that, that people that are motivated by set, by satanic spirits, mm-hmm. they will, they will ac- accuse us, falsely accuse us. That's what they do. Falsely attack us. And so, you know, the thing is, one of the things it's, it can be, difficult to forgive when when you get falsely accused mm-hmm. when you get unjustly treated falsely accused 
But listen, that is, in a sense, it's the, it's a norm for a Christian. Yeah, but in a sense, fa- it, it may be... Falsely accused and un, unjustly it, Yeah, it's treated. a norm. It's, 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 and it may be difficult to forgive them. But nothing down here that's worth anything is, is that easy. Mm-hmm. And so you're just going to have to swallow your hurt, swallow your pride. And, and here's how that works. When someone commits a crime against you and, and maligning you, lying about you, saying things falsely about you, is definitely a a crime. It's a crime. It, it, it can ruin your reputation, your relationships, your opportunities, um, your good name, all kinds of things. So when people commit sin against you, you know, and you consider yourself innocent, then go to the Lord, go to the court of heaven and present your case. As he said, come before me, present your case, come boldly before the throne of grace and mercy. When you are being uh, buffeted, attacked, surrounded by accusation, by witchcraft, by a cunning ex-spouse, etc., who's dragging you to court, uh, maligning you, getting, uh, you know, there can be innocent men or women. We're not picking, it's all women, it's all men. But when, when you, the, the thing you must do if you are, and I don't care if it's at work, I don't care if it's with a coworker, if you are under that attack of witchcraft, the first thing you do is you go to God, you go to the Father, you go to the court of heaven, you present your case. And the only way you can get before that judge is to stop being the judge yourself. You can't be the judge in your own case, and you can't present, uh, and two judges don't hear the the same case at the same time. So you're going to have to forgive them. That means to let go of your judgment of them. You say, God, I forgive them by an act of my will. You may not have to, you don't have to feel it in your heart. It's It's something you do. Um, you go before the Lord, you speak it and say, God, I forgive them. I release them from my judgment. I turn the judgment of this situation, this crime, this person, what they did to me, the, the damages. I turn it over to the high court and I'm asking you, Lord God, as my righteous judge, as the righteous judge to deliberate, to, to listen to the case, to present, to rule between us. And, but most of the time you and I are not able to discern that behind their bitterness or their attack is a demonic uh, mindset or thought or lens or filter. And so let God judge. It. And then when you go to the court and you say, God, I want, I want you to lock up these liars. I want you to remove them. Take your sword, remove them from my opponent because we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. That person has a soul too. They're being cunningly deceived by Satan. And if you really care about them, if you care enough about them and about their soul to present the case before uh, for their soul before God, God will also pardon you. He will pardon them. And then the, the final thing you do in the in, when you go with this case to heaven, you ask God to j- judge between you to lock up the demons that are tormenting them, to give them a deep and holy revelation of the love of God for them, and to restore unto you the things that were stolen from you. God will vindicate us. I mean, we've seen it in our own personal lives, even even in small things where something has been stolen, something has been taken, a reputation, an opportunity, uh, injustices, and yet God will vindicate us with rewards or honors or things that we weren't even looking for, but it's a vindication. And so not that we have to be totally vindicated. We're okay because God has got it and it will all come out in the end. Well, God knows the truth. That's God good to know. God knows the truth about every, every situation, why people behave the way they do and all that. And and the thing is too with... But don't get know, swept up into, into believing hey, that you know everything about what they're doing. Don't get... And neither get swept up with injustice because yeah. the the world the norm of the this present world system yeah. is injustice yeah. 
So, and I've said for years that if you get justice in a court of law, it's almost, it's like a, it's a wonderful an thing. accident. It's, it's a amazing. wonderful thing. It's a rare but you know what? thing. An- another... So if you expect justice yeah, well, what... in this world, you're probably not going to get it. Well, I think what we think of as justice, we define justice as something that's being fair, 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 fair. It's not fair. It's got to be fair. It wasn't fair. Uh, you know, they got a bigger cookie than I did. They got, you know, I, I didn't get a piece of cake and they did. It's not fair. And and so our our, our mindset is that things have to be fair. Uh, everybody should get the same thing, and if nobody gets it, nobody should get. Nobody else should get it. And but but that's the, socialism. Well, it Communism. it isn't. It isn't. God does not use the word fair. He never he talks doesn't. about bringing us bring making things fair. He's he talks about making things right. He talks about justice. But the only way you can get right justice and righteousness is by judging things in truth. Not in fairness. And, and, you know, sometimes, you know, an eye for an eye is fair. A tooth for a tooth is fair. But that is not the law of love. You cannot uh, punch out somebody's eye and you may get a simple momentary pleasure of now they don't have their eye. But you have now broken the law of love, which says, oh, no man, anything but to love him. So to have you can't have you can't have it both ways. Satan's justice is fairness. But he's done, he doesn't he cheats on all that too. He will he, where it's to his advantage. He will make it fair if you judge someone. Uh, then he pulls his uh, right to judge you back using his justification of the, of the word of God. Judge not lest to be judged. So he plays the rules where he wants them, but he has no intention of making anything right or good or fair for us. So, again, the, fa- the word fairness is not in the Bible. God said, did I use the word fairness? Why are you always talking about things being fair? He, we want righteousness and justice, and only God can bring us that. God is a God of righteousness, justice, and truth. That's right. But but the thing is, as believers down here on earth, with the opposition of the world, now we're not being, we're not to be in a place, Peter talks about this, don't, you'll get in trouble because you're stupid. Right. Or because you're rebellious. Or don't suffer because but, of stupidity. Yeah, yes. Yeah. If you suffer for righteousness sake, because mm-hmm. you belong to Christ, because you're following Christ, you're true to his word, you don't have to have justice to keep going. Because ultimately, God will God brings justice mm-hmm. to everything. Everybody is going to have to stand before God. Yes, you know, believer and unbeliever, yeah. we're going to have to stand before God for every. So they say, the Scripture says, "So every one of us shall give an account of himself to God." God. Mm-hmm. So, but the thing is, I don't. It, it's nice to ha- see some justice. It's nice to see God. Work uh-huh. and be an advocate. It's nice to see vindication right, out of the of the the true and righteous ones. There's vindication there, uh, but we don't have to. We don't yeah. have to have that. Yeah. to We're, keep well, going. It's like unless unless this injustice mm-hmm. stops, I'm just not going to serve God. Well, the world is we run by the devil, and he's the most right. unfair and unjust being out there. And mm-hmm. how many? How is it fair that some people don't get to live their lives? Their lives are snatched from them, either at the beginning or the end. They're taken, they're, they're mm-hmm. beheaded, they're aborted. How is that fair? How is that fair? How is how is it that you know? And 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 that's not a matter of fair. This like world is it's not a of just. That's right? right. It's not just right, either. Not just. But God will take care of that in mm-hmm. His in His time and in His way, as you said. You have to, you know. Abraham said, "Shall not the judge of all the world do right?" And that's one thing that we have to remember. And he will not at all acquit the wicked either, it says. Right. In well, if, if, you, if we're getting back here to Mark 13, mm-hmm. 
He said, you'll be hated by all for my name's sake. There you go. There's, there's what's you'll be hated happen. by all, by religious people, by, mm-hmm. you know, very rebellious, ungodly people. Uh, but he said, he who endures to the end shall be saved. He who stays faithful mm-hmm. to the end shall be saved. And and, and it talks about uh, trouble that's coming. Well, you know, the book of Revelations talks about that trouble, oh, too. And he talks, he, he ta- the persecution, the, all those who love God in Christ Jesus are going to suffer persecution. I think the level of hatred in the United States um, is, is, is like, it's like boiling. A kettle is, is starting to boil. And, and you know, we, we were hoping to have four years of uh, peace and opportunity and maybe four more years of peace and opportunity. And I, and I think we will have that. But the opportunity is in uh, the midst of great a conflict. Uh, we cannot be a- approaching what we're approaching in this culmination of the return of Jesus Christ and not expect there to be conflict. And and I think in the United States right now, people saying, well, we have a little bit of reprieve right now. But I'm wondering, are, are Christians, I think we tend to get lazy. We tend to hold uh-huh. back withdraw and and just or maybe say, just well, don't know what to do you know or or overwhelmed no, <laughs> yeah no, overwhelmed there's plenty to do if we just seek the lord he'll tell us what and show yeah. us what to do yeah but i think sometimes what we oh we have a little reprieve now because of, of the president and whatever i think we that's a and, dangerous thing yeah presumption, to think that presumptuous way, yeah. because there's things going on under the surface mm-hmm. and out on mm-hmm. you know and, and through the air through the prince of the power of the air yeah absolutely that are are, yeah. are ratcheting up so against the gospel so the question Christ. is the same question peter asked asked and we can go on but what manner of men ought we to be as we see these things approaching as the earth is being scheduled to be burnt up with fervent heat it's one of the bowls or plagues or trumpets that there's going to be and, oh, and the, it, for all of these things though the, the bottom line is that the they will they whoever they are that's left on the earth at that time will not repent of their evil ways. Mm-hmm. So we're not here to convert the people who do not will not cannot be converted. We're here to live for the glory of God. We're here to present the gospel of Jesus Christ. And there's a time coming, and you mentioned this, and we can't go into all this today. But if you really, you know, and starting with say Revelation seven and and all these. Mm-hmm. Books. We, yeah. You go through there. It's all these judgments. He talks about uh, in Mark 13, starting with verse 14, and when you see the abomination of desolation. That was talked uh, about in Daniel, we, too. We talked about that, yeah, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it, it, spoken by Daniel the prophet, standing where it ought not, let the reader understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let, them, let him who is on the housetop not go down into his house nor enter to take anything out of his house. Let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. Woe unto those who are pregnant and those who are nursing babies in those days, and pray that your flight may not be in winter. For in those days there will be tribulation, such as has not been since the beginning of the creation, which God went, which God created until this time, nor ever shall be. And unless the Lord had shortened those days, no flesh would be saved, but for the elect's sake, whom he chose, he shortened the days. Isn't it interesting that um, I think some of these things, like the abomination of desolation, some of the teachers, I mean, are teaching that this has happened several times already, that there was uh, uh, Antioch, Epiphanes, 
I believe, right. who did yeah. the, who offered something on the altar that wasn't appropriate. Right. But and, but this but it also indicates that we have to have another temple in order for that to happen again. Yeah. And, and so, so the, I think that's the most important thing about this passage is that right. there not there must be a third temple. And by the way, it's pretty close to it's uh, yeah. it's all the plans are there. They're set up. They're ready to go. The preparations Israel, are being made. Yeah. For the um, sacrifices to restore the temple. We haven't had a temple for, you know. Uh, since Jesus. Yeah. For 2,000 years. Yeah. So <clears throat> so we want to have this temple again because we want to welcome the Messiah. However, that the they're Jewish all, nation, all, yeah. they're going to be welcoming the Antichrist. Jesus was in the second temple. That's the one we turned the tables over, in the second temple. He will be coming to the third temple, but he will be coming this time as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords to take over the rule and, and leadership but of the before earth. before that, there will be this Antichrist that will come in, Yeah, this imposter. An Antichrist is a—Jesus um, talked about false—warned about false Christs and prof, mm-hmm. false prophets that will rise and deceive many. This period, um, seven-year uh, tribulation period, the latter half of three and a half years, known as the Great Tribulation, it is spoken of in— Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 7, as the time of Jacob's trouble. It's a time where God is especially dealing with the uh, mm-hmm. Jewish to, people yeah. mm-hmm. who, as a people, not not every individual, but uh, because there are many individ- Jewish people that have come to believe in Jesus as the Messiah, but there will be a huge deception. The, the Antichrist, uh, he, Antichrist means the opposite of Christ. Or a substitute comes in for opposition. Christ, he who comes instead, as Christ in the guise of Christ. Yeah, and it's he who comes as Christ in the guise, disguised or disguised as Christ, to destroy the work of Christ. He's a fake. Right. In in First John chapter two um, and uh, verses eighteen through twenty two, and and chapter three verses twenty four to to chapter four verse three talks about the spirit of Antichrist. Oh Here, yeah, let's that's look, right. Let's look at. Yeah, yeah that's look. right. That's that's in the first John. First yes, John. Yeah. First John. Yep. And then second Have you read the back of your Bible lately? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you should. Uh, you know, really speaking about reading your Bible while he's getting to the scripture. Uh, you got to do it. If you if you want to live, if you want to survive, if you want to stay away from that spirit of being a- anxious and overwhelmed, you must indulge in the word of God, reading it every day, even if it doesn't feel like it's working or making sense. Okay, you're in Thessalonians. Go ahead. Well, Second Thessalonians, you know, some of the people there yeah. in the city of Thessalonica were thinking, well, maybe Jesus has come or maybe he's already come or or what's all going to happen? Mm-hmm. And uh, Paul writes to Thessalonians in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1, Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our mm-hmm. gathering together to him, we ask you, not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled either by spirit, interesting, spirit, uh, not the Holy Spirit, yeah. or by word or by letter from us, however you get your information, mm-hmm. as though the day of Christ had come. Let no one, no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. The so the apostasy, mm-hmm. falling away, and the man of sin. Be revealed. The Antichrist, this uh, be revealed, the son of perdition, the son of what? Destruction. Rebellion. Rebellion and, and falling away and destruction. Who opposes? Now, this, this really talks, really defines Antichrist. 
who opposes and exalts himself Mm -hmm. above all that is called God. Mm -hmm. Whoa, who does he think he is? Or that is worshipped so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. And and we can look, there is going to be... um, a temple for him a, to sit a, in. A temple for mm-hmm, his mm-hmm. literal temple. I mean, somebody said, "Well, it's the temple; it's the spirit of Antichrist in the in the minds and hearts of people." Yes, that can be that can be true. But it's but literal as literally, well. Literally, mm-hmm. there's going to be the temple. He is going to declare himself that he is God, and even the uh, Pope has declared, "We need a man mm-hmm. to be our." Savior to work, maybe through the United Nations, to order, bring peace to the world, the Pope acting as the false prophet. You can see how all of these elements that are, are, are told and prophesied in the Word of God, all of the elements that need to be uh, in the in play in the last days are already in play. We have got the United Nations. We have got the spirit of Antichrist. We have got the apostasy. We've got the rebellion. We've got the hardness of, of heart. Temple. We've got the false yeah. gospels. We've got the fake media. We've got all of the... That's, by the way, programming and propaganda to continue to keep you seduced and sedated with this body of death operating software that is that came through sin that Satan is perpetuating through the indulgences, indulgences, the bread, the circuses, the self-indulgence, all that stuff. But we are in those days. So don't, you know, and, and don't think, oh, we've got lots of time. You yeah. know, even if we've got lots of time, you and I have no idea how much time we particularly personally have left. We could be done tomorrow. We could be gone out of this place in a week. Yeah. We don't know. And John writes in in First John two eighteen I referred to earlier, yeah. little children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, that's what we talked about, mm-hmm. right? That's what Paul talked about in Second. Just read it here, yeah. We just, just read like, it. Yeah. Even now, many Antichrists, many who oppose or a, a substitute for Christ, have come by which we know. That it is the last hour. Well, isn't it interesting that Paul was talking about these false Jesuses, false gospels, false prophets, antichrist spirits in Galatians? That's in the beginning. John is also picking up the theme here um, that we're going to face this kind of. I mean, this is probably the worst attack, the most concentrated attack against the church is this false, uh, false apostles, the prophets, people who call themselves those things that are not to soften, to seduce, to destroy, to counterfeit the real gospel. And it's not just uh, religious personalities that are doing this. It, there's an spirits. antichrist spirit yeah. that comes through uh, education. Yeah. Educators. M- the medical community. It comes community. through the mm-hmm. medical community. Yeah. It comes through philosophy. Philosophy. Mm-hmm. And, and Banking, world governments. It's uh, uh, the traditions politi- of the, men. The political arena. Scene, you mm-hmm. know, hey, vote for me and yeah. I will do this and this and that. I'm the one you need. It's all it's all antichrist spirit. They went out from us, John writes, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest. That that they none were, of them were of us. No, no the this, thing is, yeah, the, he's talking about here people who are coming out of innocence. What we would call the church, coming out of goodness, coming out of out, truth, out of out of truth, leaving, departing. What, what is it? Uh, Paul said, in the last days, 
Some Many shall will depart from, from the faith, faith giving, heed giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Devils, demons, yeah. So what so, he's saying here, what Paul is saying, what John is saying here, and I think this is a very good, here's a telltale, easy, you guys say, well, who are the Antichrist spirits? How can I figure this out? If they, Paul says, if they went out from among us because they were not of us. You know, he had Alexander the coppersmith and who are these other guys that they they just didn't they couldn't hang with them they they stayed away they went away and I think this is if you know who you are in Christ Jesus you know that you're genuine you know you're honest you know you love God you know you love the gospel of Jesus Christ the gospel of good news and grace um, and some of us are actually seduced into thinking we have that gospel too I mean it, it, there's seduction and deception everywhere but one thing he says is well if they left us they weren't of us were they. I mean, that's kind of the way they, they, and if God sends people away from you, if he, if he shrinks down your church, if he sends people out that they, they, I've got to leave, I'm being called to another church and they just don't like you anymore, whatever. If they're being sent away for some reason, not always, but, but most of the time, God either has another call in their life to go somewhere else and do something else or, and then they'll leave friendly. But if they leave with hostility or they leave with bitterness or animosity or judgment in their heart towards you, they were not of you. Those people that left Paul were definitely not his, you know, trusted companions anymore. He couldn't, mm-hmm. you know. So if, if people are leaving you, don't go running after them. Don't be man-fearing, people-pleasing. Let them go. God may just have done you a favor by oh. getting them out of your life. Yeah. And yeah. so don't be chasing after something that God has just delivered you from. Uh, so, and they were not of us, they went out, that they might be made manifest for that very reason. See, sometimes we're not smart enough to discern. I mean, people are very treacherous. Their demons are even more treacherous to confuse us as to who's safe, who's not, who's telling the truth and who's not. And so sometimes God just has to do it, uh, you know, in spite of our good intentions and desire to live at peace as much as possible with all men, which is uh, the other side of that coin. You want to live peaceably. You want to, you know, be... Uh, gracious and forgiving, accommodating, and all of that. But at the same time, um, there has to be a unity in the the um, whatever the thrust is, whatever the point is, whatever the gospel, whatever is being done. It, there has to be a unity and agreement, agreement with them in that. And a lot of times, you know, speaking of agreements, we make agreements in d- various different ways. Um, if you've made an agreement with an antichrist spirit or with the spirit of confusion or doubt or condemnation or self-pity or whatever it is, if you, if, or, 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 you know, if you have made an agreement subconsciously with one of these things that you feel you're justified and it's you and, it, and you have a right to do this and that and the other thing, just restudy that. Go back to that and look at it again and say, you know what, is this an agreement I am making with the Holy Spirit? Is this what the Holy Spirit is counseling me to do? Or is this, am I being upset or offended or, or whatever because of my own need for a deliverance or a lie being exposed? Because we're all, all of us, between now and the time we see Jesus face to face, are under construction. We're all being sanctified. We're all being clarif- clarified and, and healed and delivered. And, you know, you can have as much of God as you want. You can have as much of God as God, and you have to ask God to give you the energy and strength to pursue him. But you can all have as much of God as you want. Um, and some people have little room for God in their life. They have a little, you know, like a little square inch. Maybe some people give him the, all the acreage. I don't know how much you've given God, but the more you give him, the more rich and full your life will be. And as you, as you give yourself to the Lord, there will be a working within you. Um, uh, Paul said, 
what did he say in Philippians? Work out your one. own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you. Both to will. To will and to do of his good pleasure. He puts in you a willingness. But you have to give him that willingness before he can work. So it's a flip side of the two-sided coin. God is at work in us both to will and do of his good pleasure. It is, it is, it, but, but on, the other, on the same coin, on, on the other side of the same coin, I have to give him that permission because he doesn't just come and uh, yeah, say, barge okay, into my okay, life and here say, Here I am, Lord, just make me willing. Yeah. You know, it's like really, I mean, it, you know, yeah, there, he is working within us. I mean, all of it really is God's working within us because if it wasn't for the work of the mm-hmm, Holy mm-hmm, Spirit, right. if it wasn't for the work of God, in Romans it says, no man, I think it's no yeah. man seeks after God. Yeah, They've all together become unprofitable. So we're not, we're, yes, we're made in the likeness and image of God, mm-hmm. but we're not really seeking the one true God. There, There's a longing there to, to be, Every man, I believe every person. Yes, there's a longing longing created by God. That we don't know what it is to be, as his created beings, to be connected with him. Right. But but, but we get so Mm -hmm. distracted by the cares of this world. Spirit of Antichrist, cares cares of this world, world, Mm -hmm. all the emotional problems and relationship issues, financial things that just. It's very easy to be pulled off. Bear upon us, so we're just not seeking after God. But. It's the work of God within us. It's the 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 um, meticulous mm-hmm. work of the Holy Spirit that draws us to Him. No man, Jesus said, no man can come to me except the Father Try. who has sent me. Draw Him. Yeah. So there is a pull from God to f- f- a pull from God. In and us we respond to God, right? Yes. Yeah. A pull from God. But we have to respond. It's like he set out the sent out the invitations. Whosoever will call, you have to respond to that invitation. If you're going to a wedding, you may get the invitation and never go to the wedding because you didn't respond to the invitation. You didn't take the you know you didn't go. You just decided not to respond. And so he's he's not willing that any should perish. He's given the gift of eternal life to whosoever will. Whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord. But we have you say there's the question. Well, how much of this is up to God and how much is up to me? Well, it's like you know. God works in us. He brings us the revelation of Jesus Christ. Then we either say yes or no or maybe or later or whatever we say or avoid it or deny it. And and from that, we, we continue our discussion. And if we haven't said yes to the Lord, he is very diligent and patient, and he will bring it the opportunity again into your life at another point. Well, what God does is he really activates us. And it's not an activation where we're working to please him. Right. Where we're just we're doing, not his slaves. We're, 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 we're saved by our what we do or anything like that. But we're, we, we do what we do because we are saved because mm-hmm. it is God. There, we're there's, working there's, with God. It's partic- and, and partaking it's not, with him. It's not just a... <clears throat> Uh, it's a, it's a, a volunteer drudgery, army kind of thing, yeah. Labor. It's just like I will. There's an old chorus we used to sing. I will serve you because you. I love you. You've mm-hmm. given life to me, mm-hmm. and so that's the idea. Is that He's given us life. He's given us hope. He's given us peace. He's given us deliverance, and we there's a there's a activation mm-hmm. of loving 
for God so loved the world that he gave right. his only begotten son. So there is a, there's that activation of, of true love mm-hmm. and hope, mm-hmm. not only in our hearts, but that we can impart to the that people. That he will deliver us from this us. present evil age mm-hmm. uh, because that he's the only one who can deliver us. We're here. We were brought here. We were created by God, put here, placed here, designed by him, carry his image. And we're kind of trapped here in a way. Uh, unless and, and the only way it makes any sense to live here is not to just try to endure it or indulge, but to pursue the purpose to which you were created and you were designed by God. And, you know, to that's what it means to work out your own salvation. Get it from the Holy Spirit. Walk in the spirit, not in the soul, not in the emotions, not in the, the projections and the statistics and the recommendations of the elite or the Illuminati or this world or anything else. But walk in the counsel of the Holy Spirit and you will be satisfied with your life. And even, you know, here's the other last thing. We cannot make that final judgment of our own life. Judge Paul says, I don't even judge my own self. You go on, let you, you listen to God, abide, do what, he says. do what he says. If he says repent or confess, do that. But as far as the final uh, score, the final score, it's up to him. It's up to him. Yeah. And so, Father, we just thank you for this um, awesome life, this difficult life, this rich, abundant life, this full, satisfying life, this life of war and tribulation, this life of of crisis and opportunity, this life of loving and death and, and, and life and dying and, and holiness. We thank you for it. And Lord God, by the power of your Holy Spirit, I pray that for each one who's listening today, you are faithful to complete the work you've begun in them. I pray that they'd be willing, that they would be encouraged, that they would yield to you, that they would cry, open their mouth, that they'd open their mouth, Lord God, and speak to you, talk to you, question you, declare to you, whatever it is, talk to Jesus, talk to the Holy Spirit. Uh, Father, we thank you for the conversations and the communications and strength and the power of your Holy Spirit in us to keep us in these days. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.